morning. Hallelujah. Welcome to Calvary Assembly. Amen. Here to worship the Lord. Amen. Can you give him a hand? Hallelujah. We love you, Father. Have your way in this place today, Holy Spirit. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to worship him today.
see the Lord of all. Come on, give him praise in the house of God. Jesus, Jesus. Let's make a joyful noise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's worthy, church. He's worthy. Come on, if they can shout in the stadiums at the NFL football games, we can do better than that in the house of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. How many are excited to be here today? Look at your neighbor and say, I am blessed. Come on. I'm blessed. Let's sing it again. Another praise in the house. Praise God before you see Thank you, Jesus. It's good to see everybody out today. Happy faces, right? You know, the uh, the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen. Not just when things are going good, but even when things are not going good. Even when times when I'm faced with sickness financial difficulties, whatever the situation may be in your life, the psalmist says we need to bless the Lord at all times and his yes. praise shall continually, say continually, continually. it's going to continually be in my mouth. Why? Because my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Let's one more time give the Lord a praise before you're seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Feel the presence of God here today, don't you? Amen. So we're going to uh, ask you if you can be seated just for a moment. We're going to go through some announcements. And uh, we want to welcome everybody here this morning. And if you are maybe here for the first time or it's been a long time since you've been here, we want to say welcome. To the church. Uh, we want to also let the ones know that if you are looking for membership, uh, there is a growth track uh, laying back there in the foyer area on the table. It is a uh, study that the pastor wants to put forth for you. If you're interested in becoming a member, there is a sign-up sheet back there as well. So you can pick up one of these brochures, and it's actually called Growth Tracks. And we would love to have you to pursue that, pray about that. And if God's leading you to become a member of the body of this local church, then please look into that. And if you haven't been here for a while, we do want to say we do have connection cards. We'd like to stay connected with you. You're part of the body of Christ, so we want to stay connected. And uh, so fill that connection card out if you haven't done that lately so that we can stay connected with you as well. And uh, also, we would just like to take the time to, you know, uh, to thank if each and every one of you for your faithfulness to the church, and not just in your attendance, but in your tithes and in your offerings that you bring before God. Amen? Because that will open up the windows of heaven. That will allow God to pour out upon you blessings that you cannot contain. And how many likes blessings from God? Amen? So be, continue to, to continue to be faithful in your tithes and offerings, and God will bless you. That's what the Word of God says, and you can trust the Word of God. Amen? You may not be able to trust the government. You may not be able to trust uh, other people, but you can trust God, and you can trust His Word. We're also having this evening uh, the continuation of the ladies' Bible study is still going on. Uh, they are doing the Battlefield of the Mind uh, with Joyce Meyer. 
And so this is going to continue on until the end of this month, all the way through the 31st. So it starts at 4 p.m., ladies. Come out and be a part of that. And guys, today is the day. Say, today's the day. <laughs> Men's fellowship, amen? And we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a devotional today. You don't want to miss that. You want to be a part of that. And God has let, uh, got, gave me something on my heart to share with the men uh, during that time. So I'm asking you to show up and be a part of that. We're going to have hot dogs. We're going to play cornhole. We're going to have just some fun and laughter. How many knows we need that? A merry heart, a merry heart does good like a medicine. And so we're going to have a great time in the Lord. And we need to uh, ask the, all the men, if you will also, if you know somebody that you can invite, even a lost person, we'd love to have them come and be a part of this fellowship. So that's today at 4 p.m. Set your alarm on your phone. Everybody should have one. And you just set that alarm and be here because we're going to have a great time in the Lord. Brother Wayne is going to come up at this time, and he has a few things he wants to say concerning missions. So, Brother Wayne, if you'll come up, I'll give you the mic before I pray. Good morning. Um, as y'all know, I, I do a lot of missions, but uh, it's been a little idle now because of the COVID. But the other day I got a call from, well, it's been several weeks ago, I got a call from one of our missionaries, Debbie Summers. She's married now. She's married to Debbie, uh, to uh, Tommy, Tommy Shoemaker. And she called me and asked me, she said, the only person I know to call to get a roof put on a building is you. And I said, well, I got to ask some questions. What kind of building is it? Well, she's teaching Bible in the Rockingham County. And I never knew this, but she had tried to get people to put that roof on and pay them. They were going to try to raise the money and pay them. And she couldn't get anybody to do it because the job was too small. And she said, I thought of you. But, uh, see, it's a separation of religion and uh, church, school. And uh, there was a program organized way a long time ago. I didn't even know it. Pastor Kevin knew it. It was started in 1929, formed by the Church of the Brethren, so the children could get taught Bible. It's called WRE. The last two last letters mean religious education. What it does, these kids, uh, Debbie goes to school, picks up these kids. She's got a little building, like, a out, like one of our outbuildings, and she fixed it up, and that's where she teaches school, in grottoes and one in Mechanicsville. And she picks these kids up at, at school, takes them and teaches them Bible, and takes them back to the teachers at the end of the day. Isn't that mate, wonderful that our second, third, and fourth graders are getting taught the Bible? The second graders are getting taught the Old Testament. The third graders are getting taught the uh, New Testament and the Lord's Prayer. And the, and the fourth graders are getting taught the life of Jesus. And she does this two days a week. And it, it, just, it just struck me. I said, I'm going to do it. Thanks, God, to this church. Thank God for Pastor Kevin. Uh, they donated some money. We had some shingles donated. We had uh, nail guns donated. And we're going to do it as uh, soon as possible. If anybody would like to work, I, I can use you. Uh, but uh, uh, they, this, they only, the only reason they're allowed is because the church can't do it. I mean, the schools can't do it. They, religion is not allowed. Isn't that amazing? They took religion away from the church. But anyway... The parents have to sign for them to come, and, and, and this group is non-denominational. They teach all, all, all kinds, and I just want to thank the church and Pastor Kevin for getting on board with this. I'm excited. I always get excited when I do a mission trip. <laughs> thank you all very much. Thank you, my brother. Missions is the heartbeat of God. It really is. Amen. Let's pray before the pastor comes, uh, and, and let's just believe together that God's got a word for us this morning. Amen? Amen? Father, we just want to come to you in Jesus' name. First of all, Lord, we want to thank you for your love. We want to thank you for your grace, your mercy, God, that you've extended to us through the cross, through Calvary, Lord. We're there where you took our sin and, and bore our sin and went to the cross and shed your precious blood so that we could have forgiveness of our sins today. We are so thankful for that. We don't take that for granted, Lord, but now we come, Lord, but asking as the pastor comes forth, Lord, to break forth the word of God to us. May our hearts be open right now, Lord. May we put aside 
all distractions, <laughs> any hindering spirit, God, that may try to come into this place right now and interrupt. Lord, we bind it in the name of Jesus, and we yes. say leave. Yes. Yes. And Father, we pray yes. that you would bring down the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost upon our pastor this mm. morning. Mm. God, that you would just fill him and enable him to do what he's capable of doing through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not our might by our power, but it's by the Spirit of God this morning. We ask that you would have your way in this place and bless him abundantly, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Are you ready? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Amen. How many of you appreciate Pastor Steve? We love him right here. Let's give him a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Winter is right around the corner, is it not? How many of you got up this morning and walked outside and said, whoa, whoa, a little chilly, a little chilly. Amen. Kind of reminds me of the rapture. Some people are going to wake up and go, whoa. Yeah, amen, amen, amen. Good to have you here this morning. Uh, I already feel the presence of the Lord. I already feel the presence of the Lord. This would be a good day for the Lord to come back, wouldn't it, Sister Betty? Good day for the Lord to come back. Uh, I want to talk just for a few minutes this morning on uh, how to survive a hurricane in your life or how to survive a uh, storm, uh, storm in your uh, life. We all at, we all at times have... Uh, Things going on in our in our life. It looks like me and little man's going to kind of battle it out here this morning. <laughs> Let's give little man a hand, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we all have hurricanes. We all have storms in our in our life. And um, I was studying a little bit about hurricanes actually this morning. I was uh, looking back over my message and. Last year, there was almost double the hurricanes um, that we had in the United States of America. And I think about uh, our storms. I think about the hurricanes, so to speak, that come in our, our life. And it seems like they are intensifying more and more. Our, our culture is um, uh, shifting. Uh, the church is actually drifting. And God is sifting his church. So the culture is drifting. Uh, the church is uh, drifting. And our culture is drifting. And the church is drifting. We're drifting. And what happens when a hurricane hits our life? Are we prepared for the hurricane and the storms that I believe that are to, are to come? I want to go to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. And I want us to read a very familiar passage of, passage of Scripture. And Jesus is given a parable here uh, about... What's going to happen really in the end time? And I want us to read just a little short parable that Jesus gives in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 uh, through 27. I want us to read this together. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine puts them into what? Practice. He's like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it has its foundation was built upon what? It was built upon the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them in practice, all right, let's read this slowly, is like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. Verse 27 says, the rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash, and we would call that a hurricane, we would call that a storm. Now when we look at this parable, we see two different men. We see one man was wise, 
And we see the other man was what? Foolish. Two different men. One was wise and one man was foolish. Both men shared the same dream. They both wanted to build a house. Now, the house, a house in the Word of God can have two or three different meanings. It can represent you building your own individual life. Uh, we want our life to count. We want our life to make a difference. We want our life to be successful. We want our life to have meaning. We all want to build our individual life. But how many of you know that the winds come and the storms come and the waves come and the rain comes and the hurricanes come as we're trying to build this in our own individual life? The second thing that the Bible represents is when it comes to building a house is it's building our family. The Bible calls it, in one place, the house of David. Remember, Joshua said, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. How many of you know the enemy comes against our, our family, against our, against our house? We want our, we want our home strong. We want our family strong. We want our family walking in success and happiness and joy and peace. But we all know that the enemy comes against our, comes against our family. The third place uh, is called the house of God. We want, we want this house strong. We want this house to prosper. We want this house to be a house of peace. We want this house to be a house of power. We want this house to see healing in this house. But how do you know the enemy has a, a different agenda that he don't want this house to prosper. He don't want this house to move forward. He don't want to see healing in this house. He don't want to see salvation in this house. He don't want to see baptism in this house. He don't want to see baptism in the Holy Ghost in this house. But they all shared the same dream. They all wanted to build a house. And not only did they share the same dream, but both men, listen, shared the same message. Verse 24 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, Jesus says, who pays attention to the words that I am speaking. Okay, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, Jesus said. So both men had a dream to build a house. Both men heard the same message. Both men went to the same church. Both men had the same pastor, Pastor Jesus. Both men heard the same words. Not only that, but both men faced the same storm. They both had the same storm that the parable tells us that came against the man that was wise and the man that was foolish. Verse 27 says, The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. That's called a hurricane. Is it not true that every one of us go through hurricanes in our life? Go through storms in our life? life. So both men had the same dream, had the same message, went to the same church, faced the same storm, but both men, each one of them, had a different outcome. How many people sit in church every Sunday morning, come to the same church, Hear the same message, listen to the same worship, is warmed through the same message, the rapture's taking place, who's warned by the same message, A, B, and C is going to happen, who hears the same words, but sadly to say, some are going to be left. They got the same Bible, that same opportunity to pray. That same opportunity to fast and seek the face of God. Two different men with 
two different outcomes. One house stood in the storm. The other house was gone during the storm. Why? Because the two different men were on two different foundations. Let's read that. The men built on two different foundations. The word in Greek, when it says the foolish man, in Greek, it means moron. Do you know what it means in English? Moron. So Jesus was actually saying in Greek, was actually saying in English, that the man that builds his house upon the sand is a moron. Wow. Wow, Jesus. See, it has nothing to do with your academic level, whether you go to college, you don't go to college, you get a big degree, or you don't get a big degree. The Bible says it has to do with wisdom. Are you building your house upon the, the rock? Verse 24 says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a what? Wise man. What does, he, what does he mean by that? He means that he takes the theology and he puts, I wrote down, feedology to it. He hears the words that are spoken, Jesus said, and he does something about it. The word of God says the rapture of the church is going to take place. Some people will get their heart right with God. They'll do whatever it is. They'll do everything to get sin out of their life. They'll do everything to, word, the, the, to read the word of God, to fast and, and to pray and get their spiritual life uh, uh, healthy before the Lord. And then there will be others that do not put these spiritual practices into hand. Church, the rapture is going to take place. Some are going to be built upon the sand, and some are going to be built upon the rock. Two different foundations. One was built upon the sand, and one was built upon the rock. There is a high-rising tower in San Francisco called the Millennium Tower. They built this tower. I think that tower is 56 to 60 stories high. So there is a lot of high rollers, so to speak, that bought apartments in these buildings. They were pro baseball stars, hockey stars, football stars, movie stars, high rollers. I think the top I was studying, I read, I think one of the top apartments in, the, uh, in this uh, uh, high-rise building cost $13 million. But what they found out some years ago that this, this tower started leaning little by little by little, inch by inch. Now, we're talking about a tower that someone paid 13 to $14 million for an apartment in. It started leaning inch by inch by inch. As it was leaning inch by inch by inch, it was sinking inch by inch by inch, to it to sunk to almost uh, 24 to 30 inches. That's a, that's a lot. And then it, it leaned about 24 to 30 inches. So they bring all the architects in. They, I believe I was reading they brought a few scientists in. And they're, so they're studying why we put this in, we did this, we did that. What happened? After all the study and, and, and looking to why the building is leaning and sinking, they found out exactly what Jesus said. They built it up on clay and sand. And the more I, the more I read, I really, I, 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 the more I read, I found out that they didn't want to go all the way down to bedrock because it was almost 300 feet down to bedrock, and they said it would cost, it would have cost millions and millions of dollars 
to put that high-rise building in San Francisco in the bedrock of drilling down where the building would be stable. My question to you is, what is your foundation built upon? What are you building upon? What are you building your family upon? What is, what is your building your faith upon? See, when, the, when it's all sunshine, you know, when, when everything's going good and it's sunshine and, you know, our, our, our kids are doing great and we're healed and they're healed and, you know, everything on our job, we're making good money and there's no confusion. Our marriage is going good. Our, 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 our life is just going good. I mean, we're just, life is going good. Everything's flowing. You know, we really don't pay much attention to our spiritual walk with God. We kind of just float along. But it sure does matter when a, a storm hits our life. It sure does matter when a hurricane hits our life and we start to crumble in our spiritual life because we wasn't in the bedrock. We start to crumble. We start to crumble. I'm going to give you three things that I think that tell you and I that we're building our house upon sand. And the first one is, our culture is shifting. Just look what ha has happened in the last year. We are shifting oh, from the Word of God at a rapid speed in our culture. Headwinds against the church has been like never before. Our marriages... It's like if you're, you got a, a marriage like the Bible talks about, it's like it's outdated now. And we've created under a thinking it's some other type of covenant between others when God says marriage between a man and a woman. Excuse me. That's what the Bible says. Okay? But our culture is shifting. And, and now we put a... We put so much check, we put a check mark on things that the Bible is very clear for us not to do in the way we should walk in the Lord. And we're just putting check marks on it now that it's okay. Our culture is shifting, and in the last couple of years, it's made such a tremendous shift. The second thing is, as Christians, we're drifting. Why? Because we've been hit so quick quickly with culture changes. People are attending church less now than ever before. Most churches are not but about 50% full. They say that Bible reading is at an all-time low. Prayer is just something we do. Prayer is just something we do. Even church members, it's only something we do when we're going through storms in our life and we're going through bad times. It's not a principle. It's not an, it's not an attitude. It's not something that's bedrocked in our life. It's just something we do when things are going bad. Matthew 24, verse 10 and 11, put it this way. At that time, many, let's read this together. And at that time, many will turn away from their what? Faith. How do you turn away from something you was never in? Well, Pastor, I believe if you once give your life to Christ, you're eternally, forever saved with the Lord. I'm not going to get into that doctrinal discussion at this moment, but I do want to say, how do I turn away from something I was never at? Amen? And it says, many will turn away from their, their what? Their faith and will betray, and what? And what? And hate each other. I want to read that again. Let's look back. Thank you. At that time, many will what? Turn away from their what? Faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive. How many people? Many people. Now, Jesus is not talking to a bunch of rebels out there. He's talking to people that have gathered to listen to him teach. Just like you come this morning. Listen to him teach. He's talking to them. But he said many false prophets will appear. How many of you believe that we have false prophets in the land today? And they're going to deceive how many people? 
They're going to see many people. They're going to teach a, a false religion. They're going to teach that there's other ways to Jesus besides the cross. The Bible tells me there's no other way to Jesus Christ but by the blood of the Lamb. But they're going to teach that there's many ways to God. But God is now, the third thing, is sifting his church. The big C. God is sifting the church. God is separating the sheep from the, the goats. God is saying, uh, if you're just going to come for the loaves and the fishes, if you're just going to come for the loaves and the fishes, you're just coming just because I, I, I want to be healed and I want this, this, and this, and that, and you're only going after God for the loaves and the fishes, you're just going after God because you want to stick something in the spiritual vending machine and get it out and walk away, and you're not having a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, God is shifting the church. He's sifting, excuse me, sifting the church. He's moving. He's sifting. He's taking in, taking out. You wonder why people are coming and some are not coming. Brothers and sisters, God is sifting the church. What's your foundation built on? Matthew chapter 3 and verse 12 says this. The widowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with the unquenchable fire. God will not use a compromising church that looks like the world, that talks like the world, that acts like the world. God is sifting his church. He's separating the sheep and the goat. So as we move in, move forward into the rest of this year, my question is, what is your foundation built upon? Is it built upon sand? Or is it built upon the rock? The enemy's going to make sure that the hurricanes are coming your way. The enemy's going to make sure there's storms coming your way. He's going to make sure that he, he tries in every way, shape, or form to mess up your life. And the Bible says in the last days, men's heart will fail them. Because of fear of what's coming upon the earth. What's your foundation built on? Is it built upon sand? Or is it built upon the, is it built upon the rock? What is your spiritual rhythms? What is your spiritual habits, your spiritual disciplines? I think it's time that we do a reset. Okay, let's do a reset, all right? Let me give you just a quick example. We're going we're gonna, to uh, move on just, what has it been, three or four or five years, about five years ago, um, I say this quickly, that when I walked through the door of that hospital that had cancer wrote over top of the door, I'm going to tell you, look at this pastor. Some of my life was built upon sand. Because when I heard that word and I walked through that door, it about to take me out. What is your life built upon? Built upon the rock, built upon sand. I'm going to give you three quick things. And what I want you to do, I want you to, I want you to take uh, these three things, and I want, you to, I want you to go deep, okay? For that high-rise building not to shift 24 to 30 inches or, go, or to sink 24 to 30 inches deep, then, it, then we're going to have to go down to the, the bedrock. We're going to have to go to the bedrock. We're going, to have to, we're going to have to drill down into the bedrock that when the winds and the waves and the hurricanes hit our life, that we're still standing. Okay? 
When you get that bad doctor's report, if you're, if you're, uh, you're down into the bedrock uh, and you done drilled into the bedrock, when them storms hit, you might move some, but you're not going to be shaking all over the place because you built upon the, you built upon the rock. When all hell hits, I, I don't want to be shaking all over the place. I, I want to be, be firm. I want to be stable. I want to be unshakable and unmoving, abounding in the work of the Lord. So how do I, how do I stand like that? How do I not let the culture, as it's shifting, get all wrapped up in that? How do I, how do I not become drifting? From the word of God. And how through the sifting God is doing. I don't get caught up. In all the, 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 the sifting where I'm, I'm left. I want to be sifted out right. Okay these are the three things. That I want to, I want to give you. That you're going to have to do. To drill down in the bedrock. Okay. To stand firm. Are you built upon the sand? Are you built upon the rock? The first one is, okay? There are just three, three things that we've talked about over and over. But you got to do them. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to do them. You got to do them. Look at the other one and say, you got to do them. All right, now give them a little bit meaner look and say, you got to do them, okay? All right? The first one is worship. I'm talking about corporate worship. Coming together, worshiping. Online is okay, but it's nothing like corporate worship. Let me say that again. It's nothing like corporate worship. Let me tell them out there in video land, the church is opening. God's still on the move. God's still working. God's still saving. God's still restoring. God's still baptizing. Christianity is an action sport. Okay, really it is. Christianity is an action sport. Coming together, worshiping with each other, loving on each other, caring for each other, believing in each other, fighting the enemy for each other. It's the people of God in the presence of God together. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, put it this way. Some people have gotten out of the what? Out of the habit of what? Meeting for worship. But we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know the day of the Lord is getting close. The end time's approaching. Things are happening. The culture's shifting. And it would do us well, church, to make sure corporate worship is part of our spiritual habit. I need you. I need my brothers in Christ. I need to be able to pick up the phone or text a brother and say, I'm going through something. I need you to pray for me. But it's nothing like coming together in a corporate worship and a man come up and put his arms around me and start praying for me. And we're worshiping together, men. Men, we're loving on each other together. Men, we need each other. Women, you need each other. In the last days, it says what? Verse 10, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. I told somebody the other day, it's not a preacher verse. Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to put that in the Bible just for the preacher. So he'll have something to quote to make people feel bad. No. It was put in there to tell you. That as you see these days approaching, how many do how many do you think that we are in the days that are approaching? There's so much going on in our nation, it is unreal.
So when we, when we see them approaching, this is what the Bible says, okay? Can I just narrate it a little bit different? When we see these days approaching, COVID's going to come, and we're, not gonna work, we're just going to just shut the churches down forever and not have church. I know we have to be safe. We have to be cautious. Understand that. We do our best to. But it, church, COVID is not over. And what's coming up, it's going to be worse than COVID. I'm not trying to bring bad news. I'm just telling you, we're going to need each other in the last days like never before. So you better learn to get along with your church people. Okay? You better learn to get along with your brother. And your sister. Which reminds me, somebody asked Daryl the other day, said, uh, when you and Kevin, if you and Kevin ever kind of uh, get into it, I think it was out here on the parking lot, Tammy had brought something back. Uh, uh, we were having something for men, and I think somebody had asked Daryl, said, do you, uh, uh, you ever have trouble uh, having Kevin to come back and apologize to you? Daryl said, no, not when Tina gets done with him. <laughs> You're funny. Second thing, back in the sermon. It's not funny. Back in the sermon. Is it, Pastor, do you have any conscience? Yeah, I've lived with her for 38 years. Okay. All right, the Word of God. The second one is the Word of God. If, if we're going to have the storms in our life, if we're going to be able to withstand those, the second thing is we are going to have to have the Word of God. Listen, the Word of God is going to have to stand prominent in our life. Okay? All of us. Say all of us. All of us at times in our life go off of our emotions, how we feel. When something happens in our life, we go off of our emotions, how we feel. This is what we go to when things happen in our life. If, if you get sick, you go off of your feelings a lot of times, don't we? Well, I feel bad and... The last person that had this died, and uh, they're going to bury me early because I have this. And our feelings and our emotions get wrapped off out into all of that. But the Word of God says that I'm healed. The Word of God says by His stripes I'm healed. The Word of God says I can have a good marriage. The Word of God says I can have good friends. The Word of God says, the Word of God says, the Word of God says, when that's storm hits, I go to the Word of God. When that storm hits, I go to the Word of God. When that storm hits, I go to the Word of God. This is my rock, and this is my foundation. When all hell hits, I am stand on the living Word of God. In the last days, you're going to need that more than ever. I love what the scripture says in Psalms chapter uh, 119.9. I love this scripture about for young people. It says, it says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? How can young people keep themselves pure and clean before the Lord? By living according to your word. Verse 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The last one. When the hurricanes and storms come, and we want to we drill deep down, the third one is this principle, this habit that you need to have in your life is you've got to be people of prayer. Amen. We've heard that over and over and over and so much in church. But I want to ask you this question. How much do you pray? How much do you pray? I'm going to end with this. I heard a story the other day. Said, Some of you might have heard this story. Said, uh, 
these young men were in a years of uh, history back was in a they was in this foxhole. One of their buddies got shot, and the lieutenant was down in the foxhole with them. And one of the young men said, "That's my buddy laying out there." And he told the lieutenant, he said, I want to go, I want to go retrieve him. I want to get him. And the lieutenant said, son, said, there is bullets flying all over the place. Said, you are just guaranteed, you will sign your death warrant if you go after and you go get him. Because he's dead. He said, but I want to go get him. He said, I'm telling you, bullets are flying everywhere and you're going to die. He said, well, Lieutenant, will you let me go at 9 o'clock in the morning? We're here. It's not but about a half an hour away, but I, I want to go at 9. And Lieutenant said, okay. At 9 o'clock, the young man heads out to get the, uh, his, dead, his dead friend's body. Dragging it, bullets are flying all around him. And he drags him, he throws him in the hole. Later, the lieutenant asked the young man, he said, Son, I'm really surprised you didn't, you didn't die. But why nine o'clock? Why did you pick nine o'clock? He said, Ever since I've been a young man, my mom, at 9 o'clock, gets on her face before the Lord, and she prays for me. And she never misses a day. At 9 o'clock a.m., no matter where I'm at in the world, my mom is on her knees, and she's praying for me. That's why I waited to 9 o'clock. If we're going to, Get through the storms and hurricanes of our life. We're going to have to be people of prayer. We're going to have to be people of worship. But we're going to have to be people of the word. When the storms come in our life, we're not shifting or we're not sinking. We're on the rock, Christ Jesus. All other is sinking sand. But that rock, Christ Jesus. Let's stand. It's the Lord. Father, uh, as we move forward, I, God, I, we want to take a minute just to reset our priorities in our life this morning. Because we know, God, some people here this morning, they are... They're in the middle of a storm right now. Maybe it's a storm of, I don't know. Maybe their kids are off to college as we have some friends. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe just got some bad news. Maybe it's their marriage. Maybe it's their job, health. I, I don't know. Maybe they've got, they've got swept up in, the, in our culture. Uh, maybe they've just drifted away from God. You know, they, they've allowed life itself just to drift them little by little away. God is starting to shift. Starting to sift the church. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to close like this if you're here and you might raise your hand and say pastor would you pray for me I, uh, I've allowed uh, I've, like, I've allowed the culture I've allowed the culture that we live in to, I've allowed it to, 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 to shift me I've allowed and because it's 
shifted me. I, now I'm drifting. And if really, when things hit my life, I am a total mess. And I don't want to be like that. I want to be on the solid rock. And I want to, I, that they just don't completely, I don't want to run to, to other sources. I don't want to run to maybe having some drinks and feeling a little bit better or smoking a little something or taking a little something or uh, taking prescription pills or doing something to make me feel a little better. I, I don't want to do that. I want to I want to be built upon the rock, Christ Jesus. Because the culture, church, is shifting and it's not going to get better. And you don't want to get up in the wrapped up in the tide of all of that. And you hear say, Pastor, I, I'm just going to lift my hand. I've, I've got wrapped up in some things and Thank you, thank you. Just lift your hand. I thank you, thank you. Wow, my Lord have mercy. Thank you, thank you. Wow, hands all over the building, some young people. Wow, praise God. Thank you for being so honest with God and honest with this pastor. I want us all to I want us all to pray together. Man, just the young people who threw up their hands this morning. It's worth it all. It's worth it all. I mean, them hands went up. I'm talking about young people who are at the accountability. They're at the accountability. If Jesus would come back, they'd either go to heaven or go to hell. They're at that accountability to know right from wrong. And they raised their hands up quick. Some other adults. Let's, let's close out like this. Father, as a, as a pastor, I want to thank you for such a wonderful congregation. As a brother was sharing with me this morning how we are blessed we have that we have such a good church. And God, I pray right now for all the young people and adults that raised their hand. God, I'm going to raise my hand because, honest to goodness, sometimes I get reading stuff and watching stuff. And God, I get watching news and, and listening to this and watching this that I get so caught up that sometimes my faith is not strong. So, God, I ask you right now, the Lord, would you forgive us? Would you wash us? Would you cleanse us? Would you forgive us? Would you forgive us right now of getting caught up in all of this and even drifting? And as you sift us, then we're going to be standing on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I love you, man. I love you. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a hand. We may strong in the same.